Let's pray together, please. Heavenly Father, again, we pause to ask that you would clear our minds, clear away our distractions, or if we're being distracted by something that you're wanna, you want to speak to, um, connect your word to those distractions. Where there's encouragement, give encouragement. Where there needs to be a challenge, may you challenge. Through Christ we pray, amen. The church in Ephesus was, I guess, a favorite of Paul's. If Paul could have favorites, he spent three years there at one time, and then he writes a letter to them. And in Ephesians chapter three, he stops in the middle of the letter to tell them how he's praying for them. This is how he prays. By the way, if Paul stops in the middle of the letter to tell you, hey, this is what I'm praying for you, you gotta believe this really matters. So he writes in verse 14. For this reason, I kneel before the Father, from whom every family in heaven and earth is named. I pray that he may grant you, according to the riches of his glory, to be strengthened with power in your inner being through the Spirit, and that Christ may dwell in your hearts through faith. The first thing that Paul prays for is that they would experience power, to be strengthened with power in your inner being through his Spirit. I think one of the great questions that we can always ask in our lives is where is God's power demonstrated in our lives? How are you seeing God at work powerfully in your life? You know, it's a question that sets people apart. There are a lot of people that accomplish a lot in their own power. You know, God's given us a lot of natural abilities, the ability to think and the ability to strategize. And and it's easy to lean on the blessings that God has given us to experience good things as opposed to surrendering the blessings that he's given to us to his power that he might do amazing things in our lives. Chinese minister, once I've shared the story a gazillion times, um, uh, visited a number of the largest churches in America. As a Chinese minister who led church planting movements and disciple making movements in China and um, and on the way back to the airport, his host asked him, so what was the one thing that most surprised you? What was the one thing that you'll really take away from your time with these large American churches? And he says, it amazes me how much can be accomplished, how much they accomplish without the power of God. What a indicting statement. What a convicting statement. See, we can accomplish a lot through the flesh, through leaning on our own understanding, just being smart and organized and strategic. But I want our lives to be a demonstration of God's power at work. And that's what Paul prays, that we'd be strengthened with power in our inner being through the Spirit the power that comes through obedience, the power that comes through prayer and faith and steps of risk out of obedience to Jesus. Notice though what he prays for next, verse 17, halfway through, he says, I pray that you, being rooted and firmly established in love, may be able to comprehend with all the saints what is the length and width, height and depth of God's love, And to know Christ's love that surpasses knowledge so that you may be filled with all the fullness of God. 
His second prayer begins by saying, I pray that you'll be rooted and established in God's love. There's a bit of a mixture of metaphors there from Paul. Rooted is the picture of a tree. Firmly established is the picture of a building. He said, I pray that you will be like a strong tree that has a, a mature root system that runs deep. And I pray that you'll be like a building, like a pyramid, like a, a, a you know a ziggurat back in, in those times that is just solid and cannot be moved. How do you do that? Because you are rooted and established in the love of God in that soil. Next, Paul shares one of the great oxymoronic expressions of the Bible. May you be able to comprehend with all the saints what is the length and width and height and depth of God's love and to know Christ's love, that surpasses knowledge so that you may be filled with all the fullness of God. Isn't that great? Paul's prayer is simple. May you know the full dimensions of God's love, understanding you'll never know the full dimensions of God's love. Maybe that's not an oxymoron. Maybe that's more like our exploration of space. You know, may you explore, I mean, the depth of God's love is like the depth of space. You may only explore it and at the best get to Mars, but do your best to get as deeply as you can into knowledge and experience of the love of God. My simple devotion today is to encourage you to meditate on the depth of Jesus' love for you. How will today be different? If you just focus on one thing, you are loved by God. Focus on one thing. Do you know the depth of God's love for you? Look into the sky, consider the stars. God's love is deeper still. I was inspired today because of my personal devotional time. Sometimes when I'm having my devotional time, I like to listen to worship music. Now I have a confession to make that's probably gonna not surprise many of you. Spotify has this great channel of hymns accompanied by piano, played by piano. And I hear those hymns and it, it's one of the best ways for me to worship. Part of it's because I can just go back to when I was growing up in church and singing those hymns. Part of it is that my mom played the piano beautifully and there were many mornings that I woke up and she was playing hymns on the piano or you know, many evenings or afternoons and mom was, mom was practicing the piano. But this morning, the first song that came on Spotify was one of the first songs that I learned as a child. Very simple. Jesus loves me, this I know, for the Bible tells me so. I woke up with a number of things on my mind this morning, quite frankly, that were burdening me, that were cares for me. I'm behind in my writing. There are a couple of books that I'm supposed to be working on that I should be further ahead with than I am, where there's a sermon scheduling snafu correction that needs to be resolved quickly. In my emails recently, there have been some 
um, very stressful situations that people are facing. Now, let me be clear. I am so thankful for my calling. I'm so thankful for the challenges that God allows me to face every day. You know, I, I'm not complaining because I know that there, you know, I'm lucky that anyone is wanting my help in anything. <laughs> and so the fact that I can be involved in trying to help in these things, it's, it's, it's a blessing. I'm not complaining. But there's still, um, there's still emotional burdens and toxins and spiritual burdens as you walk with people and, and see the stresses and want to help and feel limited. So honestly, I woke up this morning feeling heavy. And what's the first song God gave me to listen to? Jesus loves me, this I know, for the Bible tells me so. It's a song that takes me back to being a child and reminds me I'm a child of God. It takes me forward to eternity and it just reminds me there's nothing that matters more. Whatever I need to face today, I can face. Not because I'm great, not because I'm strong, not because I have all the answers, but because Jesus loves me, this I know, for the Bible tells me so. And then I thought about a trip, that a seminar that I took our staff to many years ago in Princeton. Bruce, Bruce Metzger was speaking. It was a small invitation. I mean, only a handful of people were there, probably 30 people or so. Bruce Metzger, by the way, was one of the most respected Bible scholars of the 20th century, considered one of the leading experts on how we got the Bible and translations of the Bible. Just an amazing intellect and a fine man of God. It was a great day. It was just really good to sit under this man. The only time I ever got to personally meet him and just he's a legend in, in, uh, in, in, in church world. On our way home, I asked our staff, some of the staff, to deep, we debriefed a little bit. I said, so what are you going to take away from that that we just experienced? And there was a really good conversation. And then Mike Murray made a really insightful observation. He said, you know, Brett, I just wonder, speaking about the ministers at that event, he said, I just wonder if those ministers know how loved they are by God. Um, I thought, you know, that's a really good observation. Ministers like everybody else, we can be driven to succeed. We can be driven to accomplish. We can be driven to want the approval of others, the appreciation and respect of others. We want the, you know, to, to do all of this stuff that is often driven by a restlessness rather than a calling. And, um, and, and I, I thought, yeah, I wonder how many of them would just rest if they knew they were loved by God. And I guess it hit me because it was, it was, for me, it was good, wow, I wonder how my life would be different if I were really convinced that I were loved by God. So many anxieties 
you may be facing today. Anybody feeling disappointed with yourself? Feel like you're striving or stressed, defeated? You're loved by God. Part of the reason I share this though is because I was blessed to be able to have my grandfather live with us for the last 19 months of his life. He was 96 years old when he passed away. And Grandpa and I were able to have a number of personal conversations where it was just the two of us. And one of the things I was profoundly impressed upon, uh, impressed by was how much regret Grandpa carried. Now, Grandpa's a good man. He did wonderful things with his life. Um, I'm very thankful for him. But he looked back on his life at 96 and had a hard time letting go of the regrets. Regrets that he had as a man, as a husband, a father. Do you have any regrets? Maybe Paul's prayer for you is <clears throat> in the midst of your regrets. May you be able to comprehend with all the saints what is the length and width and height and depth of God's love and to know Christ's love that surpasses knowledge, that you may be filled with all the fullness of God. How deep are your regrets? God's love is deeper still. And then I remembered the famous story of Karl Barth. Karl Barth was considered, again, one of the great worldwide theologians of the early 20th century. He was a strong voice of the German church in opposition to the Nazis in World War II. But according to the story, and there's been several who've told this, is during the 60s, he was touring seminaries in the United States. And my guess is that this probably happened more than once because it's told that he said this in Richmond at Union uh, Seminary and then other, another place as well. But when asked, the first time I think it, this happened, he was asked, what is the greatest theological insight that you've ever discovered in all of your years of study? They asked this, again, at the point, at that time, certainly one of the leading theologians of the world of this day. What is your greatest theological insight? And according to the story, he closed his eyes, thought for a moment, and answered the young seminarians, Jesus loves me, this I know, for the Bible tells me so. The greatest theological insight that he would ever discover he learned at the knee of his mother when he was just a little boy. We get so focused on so many things, can't we? We get distracted by so many things that it's easy to forget what matters most. It's easy to miss God in the middle of all that you're doing, saying, I've got you, you're my child. I got to close with this story. I love the old Elvis story. Elvis Presley was a frequent uh, guest at Lil Thomas's steakhouse in Tennessee. He was good friends with the owner before he became famous 
And even before he was famous, the owner would often give him free meals. Well, one night after he was well-known, Elvis went to Lil Thomas's steakhouse. And that night they were holding the ultimate Elvis Presley impersonator contest. A large crowd had gathered. Elvis was a bit amused. He sat in the back quietly planning. He thought, I wonder, I wonder, he says, I'm going to win this contest. So I'm going to just wait for the right time, then I'm going to go up and see what the, well, little Thomas was kind of concerned about this. She was afraid the place would just go nuts, you know, and everyone would lose control when they realized, is the real Elvis up there singing? Well, her worries were exaggerated. Elvis took the stage that night and sang that his first famous love song, Love Me Tender. The audience applauded. They thought he was great. The audience voted, and Elvis came in third. In an Elvis impersonating contest, Elvis came in third because they couldn't recognize that he was the real Elvis. You know, there are a lot of substitutes out there for God's love. We try to feel the love that we need by getting it from other people, approval with other people. There's so much virtue signaling going on today because of people's need to feel loved, to have people think that they're virtuous. Uh, we look for love in, um, in, in, in accomplishment and in romance and, um, and, and, and um, you know, in so many different things. And it's able, and we're, so we're, but we're able to miss out what really matters most. So Paul prays, I love, I pray that you being rooted and firmly established in love may be able to comprehend with all the saints what is the length and width and height and depth of God's love and to know Christ's love that surpasses knowledge so that you may be filled with all the fullness of God. May you focus on one thing today. Jesus loves me. This I know, for the Bible tells me so. And may that drive your contentment. May that drive your achievement. May that drive your ambition. May that drive your peace, your gentleness, your hope. You're loved by God. Heavenly Father, again, we thank you for your word. We thank you for your love. May your love be the strength of our lives. May we be rooted deeply in the solid soil, the rich soil of your love, and not in the false loves and promises of love that we find in the world today. Lord, may we find the real thing and settle for no substitutes. Through Christ we pray, amen. If you found this helpful, maybe somebody you know will find it helpful as well. I would encourage you to pray about it and then share it with somebody that you care about. Um,
yeah, if you have any questions, let me know. And um, any requests, I'll be glad to help as I can. Till next time.